Welcome back to the H2P Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we're getting you through the weekend. Now, I know we just did a basketball episode Thursday, but considering that this has been basically the week for basketball news, we're going to double up and do another basketball episode for Pit Hoops on, on Sunday as well. First of all, we hope you're having a good Sunday. Remember, you can subscribe to DK Sports Radio anywhere podcasts are hosted, but especially on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And when you're listening to us, hey, Rate us five stars, leave us a positive comment. Those things help the program and the format so much. So let's get back to what this crazy week was. First of all, congratulations to Pitt's men's soccer. They made it to the College Cup, the Final Four. They lost in a tough 1-0 loss uh, in the Final Four. But hey, this was uh, something that they'd never done before and definitely something to celebrate. So congratulations to that team for making it that far. But let's talk about, of course, the big news. Now, the news has all happened. We, we, We fleshed that out earlier this week hey, you know, and let's let's review because a week ago to this day when you were listening to this podcast we all we knew was that Efton Reed had chosen LSU actually no when we were listening to this podcast we were waiting to hear if Efton Reed would choose Pitt that he chose LSU then Justin the next day Justin Champagny declares for the NBA draft and the next day Pitt gets the top ju- junior college recruit Chris Payton then the next day Heather Like comes out and backs Jeff Capel and so it was just a, a, a just day after day after day. And then Thursday, right before the Thursday podcast, John Hugley gets reinstated to Pitt basketball. His felony charges are dropped. It looks like, okay, now the four-star uh, center slash power four that they were hoping to have last year is back into the fold. So all of those things happened. So now where is Pitt basketball? Because we've been projecting and hoping and thinking and what might happen here for the past couple months. Since Xavier Johnson and his and his crew of five peak guys transferring out started to leave in late February, here we are in mid-May, wondering what's what's next. Now, one thing to remember is that with Hugley back in the fold, that is one big piece of Pitt needing a big man back back in this. Now Pitt again, they got other guys coming in. Chris Payton, a six foot seven forward. He's a guy who works in the low post. He dunks a lot. He averaged a double double in junior college, which you know does not mean he's going to do that in ACC. But at least it shows, hey, this guy has athleticism. He has some spring in his step. That's good stuff, right? And then you got two guys out the transfer portal. Daniel Oladapo from Oakland. He's a you know, not overly sized, but a tough rebounder, guy that works in the low post type of dude that can help them coming off the bench. You know, maybe he works his way into the starting lineup as like a power forward. Um, and then you have Jamarius Burton, who's basically another point guard that's, you know, he was much better at, you know, passing the ball off and giving assists than really scoring. So now with all these new pieces and the pieces that are left, how does this roster work? Now, we want to remind you, there are three scholarships still available to, to Pitt, so they're not done recruiting. They could still get, you know, some guys in high school. They could still get guys at the transfer portal. We'll see how that plays out. But who who starts for you right now? If this was your five, like, so let's say these other three guys are, you know, maybe a guy at the transfer portal that you're not expecting to really start, 
and two guys that are high school recruits that are maybe two-star, three-star recruits that you're not expecting anything of right away. But I really think there is hope for Pitt to be able to find the first steps of getting to be being competitive again within the guys that are on the roster, especially with John Hugley back. He was a necessary piece. I'd kind of written him off because I wasn't sure that we hadn't heard any news, and that was that's not usually not a good sign. But I was like, I'm not sure if you can count on John Hug- John Hugley right now because we didn't know where his case would be. But here we are. We know he's going to be back playing pit basketball next year, and he still has to be quote you know deal with maybe some discipline and some stuff. But it's apparent he's going to be playing basketball games when the season kicks off or tips off in uh, November. Sorry for the kickoff analogy. I am still stuck in football because you know that's what I do. But who is the front court for Pitt right now? If Shea Penny had stayed, it would have been him and John Hugley. Boom, that's it. You got no other questions about it. And Champagne would even be kind of a stretch because you really want Champagne as a three. But he works as a four because of how well he rebounds. And last year, they just, they, Pitt had no bigs. Koulibaly, Koulibaly would have been a great sixth man or like a guy off the bench to be your, your to help, help in the paint. But he, he was not, Koulibaly should not have been a starting five. And he only was because Hugley needed to catch up and, and get used to some things. Well, now he's going to have a whole summer to do that because now COVID restrictions are, are laxed off. So now Jeff Cable can work with his guys all throughout the summer so, so he can get in the weight room. You know, maybe shed any extra weight that he got when he wasn't able to physically be with the team. Though Jeff Capel did make it clear that he's that he remained in contact with them throughout his whole process. But who's the power forward on this team? Now... It could be, you know, maybe Daniel Oladapo steps up and he be, he he comes in and helps you more because again he's a, he's more of a physical guy. You know, I look at this roster and I and I wonder, okay, where could you, you know, where where could you find more guys that are big? Because that's the thing, these last three spots, I feel like they have to go and get themselves some more big men. They've got their they've got their point guards. You know, maybe is it is it Noah Collier? Because he really didn't play that much this last year. He appeared in twelve games, made one start, played about one hundred and three minutes, averaged like eight minutes in the games that he did play. Shot two for seven on the year. Only had like 15 rebounds, like so. You want to see more out of him, but he's six eight, so like maybe he could be that power forward presence for you. John Hugley at six nine, and you got to understand he's six nine two forty. He ain't six nine. He he ain't like Terrell Brown, where Terrell Brown was tall, but not Terrell couldn't bang with nobody. John Hugley though, that dude could bang with people. At least, on, at least from his high school tape. And the things that I did see, because I wrote an article way back in the start of the season last year. It was like, okay, Hugley's figuring some things out. Because he looked like when he didn't have the ball, he was okay. When he got the ball, he wasn't sure what to do with it. And then in like the last couple games, he looked like he was starting to figure out what to do when he got past the ball. So maybe there's your starting two in Hugley. 
And then you're looking at Noah Collier. And then maybe Daniel Oladapo. Now you hope, if you're a Pitt fan, you hope Max Madison can develop into something. He's the, he's the guy the, the guy from Ireland. He's six foot ten, two thirty. But when he was in there, he looked he looked like he had a lot to figure out. He didn't play much last year, so I wouldn't I wouldn't bank too much on him being contributor right away. But who knows? Maybe he could prove people wrong. But that's why with these with these last three spots, I do think there should be a focus to continue to get. A big man or two. Because you're going to need those physical guys. And if these guys are going to be big and physical, they're, they're going to get in foul trouble at times. And we saw how that worked with Pitt last year. Where if certain guys got into foul trouble and there wasn't death behind them, whoop, it was a lot it was a lot of worry. And then they started to run sets where basically Justin, Justin Champagny was the five because they didn't have anyone that they were comfortable with playing the five. And then everyone, it was just Pitt was just going to run with a smaller, a smaller squad, and that can work for you for a little. You can work some swing passing, work your quicks, and you know maybe get some traps to work on defense. But eventually, teams will break that with their big man and crush you. Which is why I don't think the Pitt wants to be in that situation next year, and they should go get another big man. But I'm projecting right now. I'm saying John Hugley to start, and you know I'll give it to Oladabo for now. But Collar could be moving up. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back, we'll talk about the backcourt, who's starting in the guards, who's behind them, and why I think that they're a little bit better than you think. on the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We are breaking things down on Pitts, where we project Pitts basketball roster to be next year. Again, there are three scholarships left on the table. I just made my case in the last segment why they should be just focus on the front court. Get another big, get another center, get another power forward, and then maybe one of those guys can be a guard. But the back court, I wouldn't say it's loaded, but it's got talent that you can rely on right now at least rely on to help make you competitive and grow in 2021. Now, the first three guys, they're obvious, right? It should be Femi Urukali starting at point guard, and then a battle at shooting guard between Ethio Horton, who started most of last season, and Nike Zabande, who took over at, 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 the, at the two last season. Now, Zabande is, is the more complete player. He's got handles, he's explosive off the ball, and he can shoot, and he can defend. Ithiel, when he's hot, is a dangerous shooter. The problem is, he was only hot so many times last year. There was a stretch where he looked like, okay, maybe he was figuring it out. Because from mid-December... He, there, were, there was a stretch of, of three out of four games where he hit four or more three-pointers. And then there was another stretch from like January, late January to mid-February where he was hitting three-pointers in each game. Then he kind of just went into a stretch into at, at, at that mid-February point. 
He only hit one against NC State. He went one of five against Florida State. Didn't even take one against NC State. NC State went 0 for two against Wake Forest, and then he started to get it back late in the year. But but part of Ithiel's thing that Jeff Capel has continued to tell us about and to be visibly upset about on the court was he just he just wants him to shoot. That's your skill. Ithiel will try to bring the ball up the court, and you'll see Jeff just put his head down like. Ugh. And you get it, right? It's, it, that's the role. You want, when you're coaching guys to fit roles, you want them to stick to their roles. And sometimes guys expand beyond their roles. But he did, Ithiel did show better effort on defense as the year went, went, went along. I did see him start to press guys a little bit better, hustle a little bit more, understand where he went to hustle. Because sometimes there's those times where you're just hustling to hustle and you're, you're moving here, you're moving there. And it's like, okay, you're, you're wasting all this energy. And then when you actually need to stop the ball, you're you're tired and you're unable to do it. So Ithiel, I think that Nike has the edge on him, of course, because he started the end of the season. But I think Ithiel could find himself a really good role. Because remember, he has, I think, two years of eligibility left. So he could sit behind Nike, be the sixth man off the bench, and be the sharpshooter that just, again, just you you get to your spot, we work you the ball, you hit your shots. And if he can be a three-point sharpshooter this year off the bench, then in 2022, or 2022-2023, we're t- so two seasons from now, we're talking about maybe that's when he's a starter, and it's like, now, okay, I know the role that I'm going to fit here, and it's going to be dangerous because there's other pieces to work around. But those are your three obvious stars. And Femi, I, I give a whole lot of credit to Femi. This guy, he's physical. He's not afraid of nobody. When you want, when you watch him work, first of all, when he tells you he's from Brooklyn, he means that. And I don't know, you don't know what he means. Go watch him play, because people get in his face, and he does not care. He protects the ball. He assists well. He plays within the system. And he doesn't, he doesn't try to step up and do too much. And that's what Xavier would do, right? Xavier Johnson. He would he would do too much. He'd kind of explode. And it was great when he exploded and he was on. You know, there's times when he would be a superstar in those moments. But the problem is you don't want a superstar. You want a guy that plays his role. You know, for all you Steelers nerds, that's what Chuck Knoll told Andy Russell when he took him over in the 70s. He's like, Andy, you're a great individual player, but I'm going to make you a great team player. And he did. Made him a two-time Super Bowl champion. But Femi gets that already. It seems like he's bought into Jeff Capel's system, which is a very good sign because this guy, he can hit shots. He can defend. And he can distribute the ball and work your offense. And really, that's what you need. Also had 19 steals on the season, 49 assists, pretty solid. I mean, those 49 assists, the only one that had more than him was Xavier Johnson. So he was doing his job as the point guard with five starts under his belt. So he's the solidified point guard. Now, the question is, where do the other guards work into this situation? Well, you've got Anya Buche as a kudo, who he'll, he'll give you good effort. But he's just, he's not the guy. You don't want him being your first point guard off the bench. And that's a legitimate concern now. Who's that point guard off the bench? I think that's what Jamarius Burton's going to be. Unless they get someone else 
in this uh, in this process of of recruiting. But Burton's a guy like when you look when when I saw the the, the parts of tape of him, you know, you know, you know, as I watched him, I was like the biggest the best thing that he did was he could he could he could drive and dish and and work the ball around and, and work the system, and that's what you want off off your your backup point guard is hey. Come off, give us solid minutes, work the offense, let the you know be the be the point man that, that keeps everyone moving forward in the right direction. So you got him back there. But here's the other part that I'm really curious about. Where does William Jeffress fit into this team? You also have Nate Santos, six foot seven kid. Um, who they got out of high school. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter, so he might be pushing Ithiel Horton if he comes in red hot next year. We will see how that plays out. But William Jeffress could be the piece that links both of these units together, the front court and the back court. Now, I didn't include in the front court segment because I wanted to talk about him here because I think that he could be an athletic guy. We've seen him get up. We've seen him We've seen him dunk the ball. He's He's been athletic. He can move. He could, he shows he can defend. He just has to learn get his footing, learn learn what learn what it means to play D one basketball. And remember, he's a baby. If you didn't know that already from every pit broadcast, when everyone brings up his age. But I mean, this kid William Jeffers, he was a top three hundred guy. He's he's also he's six foot seven. I mean, he was born in 2000, June 2003. So as of the recording of this podcast, he's not even 18 years old. Think about that. And he got his freshman year in this this last year. He's got three more years of eligibility. So we look at that. He could be the guy that's the small forward. Because I don't see him being the sharpshooter type. Maybe he picks that up, but I do see him learning to handle the ball a little bit better. I do see him going to the well. I could also see him getting better at getting rebounds. He had 35 rebounds over a span of 16 games with only four starts. He averaged about 17 minutes in the games that he did play. But that's where that William Jeffress, if he can be the the player again, he was the other four star recruit from this twenty twenty class. That's what really stinks about the whole transfer portal uh, pro- being being such a big problem this year was and with COVID kind of getting in the way of Jeff Capel using his best skill, which is to develop relationships with his players and to build that rapport in his locker room. He couldn't really do that with COVID because you couldn't have guys over your house. You couldn't, you know, be as in, per- in-, in person as much as as you want. And if he, even if Xavier and Tony left, if he had been able to keep around Koulibaly to help with the front court and Justin Champ, well, Justin Panty going to the NBA draft, that's a whole other process. But if, I'd say Xavier Johnson, if he had kept Adi's Tony, that would have given them another piece to kind of work with and and and, and give, a, give, um, give Jeffress more time to develop. But maybe he does get that time to develop still. Maybe this is the time because, again, he didn't get a really a real offseason last year. With a real offseason, what could he do? Those are the things I'm looking at right now for what basketball to be. But William Jeffers could be the piece in between the front court and the back court. Um, that kind of is that rotation. Because like Sometimes he works more as a guard. Sometimes he works more as a small forward. 
but he could be that that person that puts it all together. And I'm interested to see if they can develop two two good sharpshooters. And maybe that's Ithiel Horton, and maybe that's Nate Santos. But Nike Sabande can also shoot it pretty pretty well too. But there's a chance that they that Pitt's going to have some athletes on the court next year. Again, they need I think they need two more bigs and legit bigs, not guys that are just going to be what a Max Madison was last year. You need legit got bigs who are going to come out and bang and be physical. And if their job is to just get fouls, then just get fouls. If you're Ontario Let and you're just a defensive presence, then just go be Ontario Let. But that's still valuable. And that's the value that, that I think Capel needs to build on the, to build on this roster with these last three scholarships. There's more to be to be seen here. I'm sure we will get more news on these guys very soon because it's mid-May. It's going to be time to start getting these guys in for summer. But thanks for listening to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Um, remember, you can always subscribe to this and anything at DK Sports Radio by going to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's always free. Check us out there. Um, and rate us five stars with a positive comment. Also, subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com, where I cover both Pitt football and Pitt basketball, as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers. We also cover the Pirates, Penguins, and all the other things that are Pittsburgh sports. Stay tuned. we got a great week ahead for you. Penguins are starting the playoffs, so all our great coverage is going to be on the website. You want to be part of that and see all of it on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me at Carter Critiques. I'll talk to you all soon.